you're listening to the Nonprofit Buildup Podcast, and I'm your host, Nick Campbell. I want to support movements that can interrupt cycles of injustice and inequity and shift power towards vulnerable and marginalized communities. I've spent years working in and with nonprofits and philanthropies, and I know how important infrastructure is to outcomes. On this show, we'll talk about how to build capacity to transform the way you and your organization work. Hi everyone, it's Katie T, Buildup's Manager of Global Operations. Over the next two weeks on the Nonprofit Buildup, we are discussing grant making. This week, we are focusing on making grants to organizations that are not U.S. public charities. This episode was recorded as an episode from our Fast Build Friday series, a web series where we quickly build what you know about infrastructure design in the nonprofit sector. We receive a lot of questions about how to structure funding awards to groups and organizations that are not U.S. public charities. Funders want to support change, but have not made these types of grants before, or have made them, but getting the funding out was a slow, complicated process. We are in a moment where neither reality works. In this episode, you will hear three key considerations that will help funders and these organizations sustain a movement, ideas, and change. We will also provide a link to a previous Fast Build Friday episode about effectively working with intermediary organizations, which may be another way to fund these organizations in the show notes. And with that, here is Fast Build Friday, episode 10. Hi, everyone. It's Nick with Build Up Advisory Group, and it's Fast Build Fridays, a web series where we will quickly build what you know about infrastructure design in the nonprofit sector. Today's Fast Build topic is about making grants to organizations that are not U.S. public charities. I've been responding to a lot of questions and concerns recently about how to make grants to organizations, including grassroots organizations, groups, and movements that are not formally organized as U.S. charitable organizations or public charities, as they are called in the United States. And I wanted to share some principles that all funders should use, regardless of their risk appetites or grant-making strategies. The recommendations I'm sharing today are based on grant-making by U.S. private foundations to organizations that are not established charities. But if you're another type of funder considering making grants to these organizations, I still think you should keep these recommendations in mind. So here are my three key recommendations. First, understand legal requirements. This point is key. You cannot change, improve, or innovate if you do not understand what is legally required to fund these organizations. I have seen grant materials with extraneous questions and requirements because of a basic misunderstanding or lack of understanding of the law. For example, You don't need a separate application for these organizations or need to require separate and onerous reporting from them. Instead, you only need to ask questions that allow you to establish that the funds will be used or were used for the purposes for which the grant was made. And providing broader support, instead of restricting support to single project-based support for these organizations, is the area where I can easily tell that a funder has a nuanced understanding of the law instead of an overly rigid, restrictive approach not required by law. How you support and sustain organizations critically depends on your understanding of the law. Second, use a grant agreement for each 
grant investment. Funders should document the key points of the investment, clearly explaining the priorities, responsibilities, and obligations regarding the funding. Please stop having your grant agreement read like a treatise instead of like a document that is another way to communicate with your grantee. So your grant agreement should not be 15 pages long for a $5,000 grant, for example. I've seen those. And it should clearly articulate restrictions, requirements, and responsibilities. Essentially, it should explain what the funder is responsible for during the grant term and what the grantee is responsible for. Importantly, your grant agreement should also require acknowledgement and agreement from someone who has the authority and ability to bind the grantee, such as a trustee, director, or officer of the grantee. Do not go by verbal agreements or informal email communications to document your grant relationship. Third, change your risk management perspective. By that, I mean change your risk management protocols and the way you approach funding of organizations that deviate from what you understand as formal charities for which traditional risk management tools were created. Check yourself when you are asking traditional questions or using a rote approach about outdated governance models, for example, asking about board composition with a checklist type of approach instead of understanding how to support any infrastructure gaps you observe and adjusting your risk protocols accordingly to ensure you understand any risks that may exist can mitigate them and support interventions that will help that organization thrive. I've found that risk management really butts up against these newer models of organization of people around causes that have not been supported or designed in the same way as other traditional charities. This change to how you approach risk management creates incredible results in how you invest, support, and strengthen an organization and a movement. By implementing these three recommendations, you will immediately uplevel your grant making and grant management approach. And when you uplevel the way you fund, the way you invest in diverse change makers, you are better positioned to problem solve with marginalized and vulnerable communities. And that's our fast build. I wanna hear how you are thinking about funding organizations that are not charities. Are you seeing anything that you think other organizations or funders should know about? I would love to hear from you and about your experience in the comments below. Thanks for watching. Have a wonderful weekend and keep building bravely. And that concludes this week's episode. We are curious to know what you are seeing in grant making. Send us your comments and questions to hello at buildupadvisory.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nonprofit Buildup. To access the show notes, additional resources, and information on how you can work with us, please visit our website at buildupadvisory.com. We invite you to listen again next week as we share another episode about scaling impact by building infrastructure and capacity in the nonprofit sector. Keep building bravely.